going on? Jermaine Johnson, tune in to Turn On The Jets podcast. Hey, this is Vinny Pasquantino of the Kansas City Royals. Make sure you tune into the Turn On The Jets podcast. Everybody. Welcome back to the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at Wopaw11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. June day, there's smoke everywhere in New York, and uh, a little bit hard to breathe. Aaron Judge is uh, injured, and Quinn Williams is still unsigned. That said, um, no better time with uh, with OTAs winding down here going into the summer to have Adam Shine, uh, expert on anything, Aaron Rodgers, Jets, Yankees, well, we can go on and on, but Adam, welcome to uh, the show. I'm glad we were able to make this work. Well, anything for you, man. A- anything for someone with our our connections, whether it's you know Camp with Tito, whether it's Larchmont, whether it's Mamaronek, whether it's the Chicos, Larchmont Temple. I mean, you know, I've been following you and and your career and and your family for for a long time. So anything for you, my friend. I appreciate I appreciate the kind words. Um, Obviously, it's an exciting time right in New York. You know, it might not be South Florida at the moment with, you know, Messi and all these teams in uh, in the finals. But that said, we had a really exciting winter season, right? We had all these New York teams and made a lot, maybe maybe easier to kind of do a lot of what you do. That said, Aaron Rodgers, I think, still is the number one story in town. We're a month and a half out now from this kind of all going down. You had him on the show. You've had him on the show for a long time. I guess, what was your initial reaction just to this happening? Was were you surprised at all? I know Kyle was on the show and he's like, I never, I still don't believe it happened. He was so dead set on it not happening. So where were we, where'd you land? And then we'll get to some expectations now he's on the Jets. Well, I thought this was the perfect spot. I, I thought it was going to happen. I, I was pretty outspoken on it. I, I think that it ended for Rodgers and Green Bay when they drafted Jordan Love and they were looking for excuses to move on and you know, obviously he changed everything with the MVP in 2020 and the MVP in 2021. And, you know, then obviously they trade Devontae Adams and, you know, the team didn't perform like they had hoped. And I think then it was over. And the minute that they could move on, they would move on. And, you know, for me, it, it was always the Jets or the Raiders just because of the Devontae Adams conversation and that connection and the need for a quarterback and Mark Davis. I think the one wild card was San Francisco. You know, there was a while where I thought that he could go to San Francisco maybe in like 2021 and that offseason, San Francisco or Denver. But I, I thought the Jets made the most sense. And I remember on on Shine on Sports, on Man Dog Sports Radio, and I tweeted it instantly. The second they hired Nathaniel Hackett, I thought it was a done deal. The exact second they hired, and, and even go back to when the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett, I thought that they were trying to do that as a way to bring in a, Aaron Rodgers. And it turned out that they brought in Russell Wilson. So look, I think for Aaron, he's not afraid of the limelight. He's not afraid of the spotlight. He's not afraid of the New York media. He is always, uh, he's always on the radar, you know, whether it's Jeopardy, whether it's Pat McAfee's show, whether it's playing for the Packers and, you know, they're a national team and he's on primetime all the time or in that 425 Fox window. So, you know, Aaron, Aaron knows how to handle being Aaron Rodgers and the volume of the New York press was not going to bother him. And, and Will, I think this was the most underrated element of the whole thing. The Jets are ready. I mean, 
the fact that the Jets were in it all year should tell everyone how close they are. And, you know, Garrett Wilson was on with me on TV on, on Time to Shine at the Super Bowl, and he was begging for Rodgers to, to join him. And you have Garrett Wilson, you have Brees Hall, you have, in my opinion, a top five defense when you look at the Jets, and you have Nathaniel Hackett. You don't have to worry about a playbook. It's not like that's going to be a learning curve. So, I mean, I, I thought this was pretty obvious and pretty automatic, and I, I was surprised that people were actually surprised, but I, I think it is a perfect fit, and I, I was so pumped up to have Aaron on the show and he's been great to me and, and to my audience on SiriusXM ever since he came into the league and ever since he became a starter. He'll always give us a couple interviews a year. And, you know, I was thrilled. It was the first, you know, non-McAfee interview that he did. And he was gracious with his time, and he always is. And you could tell during that interview, he's he's pumped to be a Jet. He's pumped to be in New York. He believes his team can win. And I, I love Aaron Rodgers. And he's, I think, an all-time quarterback, you know, Top five, top six. You could easily make the case most talented quarterback in the history of the game. And I I think this is going to be such a fun couple of years, plural, for Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback of the Jets. Yeah, I'm look, I'm on the same page as you on a lot of different fronts. I thought it made a ton of sense. I've said it a bunch of times in the show. I, I think it it made sense. The only issue is, hey, does he want to make a move the move cross country? Is that something he's open to? And and he was open to it, right? I think that was the only question was just like, you know, could they get some of those finer details? Could the Jets make one or two moves to kind of sweeten the pot a little bit? And Alan Lazard, a Randall Cobb, these guys, again, I've said this 800 times, if you're making a big deal out of Randall Cobb's $2 million a year salary, that's your own problem. Like the Jets already, I think, are they somewhat inexperienced on some of the younger guys and the quote unquote big games? Sure. But they also brought in other veterans that are experienced and, you know, can teach them, help them a little bit. This coaching staff's got a nice balance of these young guys who've done a really nice job with Jeff Ulbrich, who proved himself last year. Salas coached in a lot of big games. He's frankly given Rodgers a lot of hard times in the past, uh, you know, the way he coached against them. I, I just thought, you know, this made sense for, for all parties involved. Do I think the Packers are, you know, going to be pretty bad this year? Yeah, I do. But that's all. I guess that's a whole other conversation. I know you feel I feel the same way. I was curious kind of expectations. I've seen this, you know, everyone that's been on the show since it's happened kind of had to answer this question. I saw they talked about it on Good Morning Football yesterday of what's expectations look like or what's a successful season for the Jets. I think there's the fan expectation. There's like the media expectation. And then I think league-wide, I'm of the mindset to win a playoff game. I know Kyle said it yesterday on Good Morning Football. I feel the same way. I think if you win a playoff game, you feel pretty good where you're at. You mentioned the multiple-year process. The AFC's tough. If you're in the divisional round, conference round, you feel pretty good, I think, if you're the Jets. Going, we haven't won a playoff game in 12 years. Now we've won a playoff game. We're relevant. Do you feel the same way? Because I know there's the Super Bowl, the Joe Benangos of the world. They're like, Super Bowl or bust. Then you've got other people that are like, just make the playoffs. Where do you land on that successful season, quote unquote? I love the way you asked the question, Will. And I asked Aaron how he would define success. And, and Roger said, look, I know the assignment. I mean, He's not here for giggles. He's here to win a Super Bowl. And, you know, there's one Lombardi trophy in the lobby when you go into the team facility. So that's the expectation. Now, let's let's go through this. You know, my opinion is there are four teams in one category. And I said this to Rogers during the interview when it comes to teams to beat in the AFC. And I think the order is up for debate. So I'm not going to give it to you in an order. But it's Kansas City, it's Buffalo, it's Cincinnati, and the Jets. 
And I firmly put the Jets in that category with that defense, with Rodgers, with Wilson, with Hall coming back for all the reasons we we described. Now, one of those teams that I mentioned, it happens to be in the Jets division. So it, it would be a little hypocritical for me to say, oh, they have to win the division. They have to host a playoff game. No, I, I, I don't think I could say that. By the way, the Miami Dolphins are better than last year. Vic Fangio's defensive coordinator. Jalen Ramsey's a stud. Full season for Bradley Chubb, who played for Fangio. You know, Tua's healthy. By the way, the Ravens are better. By the way, the Jaguars are better. Full season for Calvin Ridley. By the way, the Chargers are better. By the way, the Browns are better. So, you know, you just got to be careful here in terms of this is the standard. Now, I'm giving you a lot of words. The Jets need to be in the Super Bowl conversation. That's the standard. How they get there, I, I think they should win a playoff game. I think they will win a playoff game. They could go on the road and win a playoff game. They could have a bye and win a playoff game. They could be one of the four best teams in the AFC, one of the four best teams in the NFL. They can end up losing a heartbreaker in, in the divisional round. I think the goal for the Jets, and I'll give you some numbers here, win 11 to 13 games. I've looked at the schedule. You look at the roster. You look at the competition. They should sweep the Patriots. How's that as a comment? I mean, you know, th this is what they should do. Win 11 to 13 games and be in the mix for the Super Bowl. Look, if they're on the road first round of the playoffs and, you know, they lose a heartbreaker for the, to the Cincinnati Bengals, right? I mean, is that the worst season in Jets history? Obviously not. So I'm giving it a little bit of, of wiggle room, but I expect the Jets to be a true contender in the AFC to go to the Super Bowl. Which is like 95% of the league seems like the AFC is the only good teams other than the Eagles. And you can make a couple other arguments, but like in San Francisco, other than that, it's like, it's a little dicey pretty but quickly. Will, think about that. And that's, and I'm not trying to couch it here. If we were doing this show in Baltimore, we'd be saying, and I don't even put the Ravens in that category. They'd be saying the same thing. Or yeah. Miami, or the Chargers, or the Jaguars. I think Cleveland and I think Pittsburgh can win nine, 10 games on paper this year. So, but the Jets should be, and now it's about dealing with, with expectations. And I think that's part of the beauty of Rodgers. Look, he knows how to do it. He knows how to get the guys to R-E-L-A-X. He knows how to put all the pressure on himself. He does that brilliantly. So everybody else can take a breath. And I, I really think the Jets are going to be truly excellent and fun to watch this year. Yeah, look, uh, you mentioned the schedule. I think the schedule is a bit overblown. If they can get at least to 500, if not better, I expect them to be probably four and two uh, going to that Giants game or host Eagles. Or going to the Eagles game, I apologize. Going to the bye, they're four and three, five and two, somewhere in that range. Going to the bye against the Giants, you feel pretty good because that back half of the schedule, I know we overreact to it. There's not a lot of good quarterbacks on the back half of that schedule. I agree with you. Look, the NFC and the AFC, are, they're very different animals right now. They're very different beasts. The Eagles might win 16 games again and not win another title. Like, it's very realistic. You can look at the Niners, Sam Darnold, you know, you mentioned it. I I, we, I joked, you joked, it. I mean, you wrote about it. I joked, I was like, what a what a story that'd be Sam Darnold versus the Jets in the Super Bowl. Um, and by the way, we have yeah. fun with that, right? Because yeah. that that's, that's the principle. The principle of that, right? If you write Niners win the Super Bowl, that's not a bold prediction. If I have the Niners beating the Jets, I don't even think that's a ball prediction. The premise was, all right, Sam Darnold will be on the team. And I think they right now, if I had to pick a Super Bowl right now, it would either be Niners over Jets or Niners over Bills. So that's where, and that, 
is, is exactly what I think about the Jets. Like, they're in that conversation. And if you look again at Vegas, six teams with the best odds, those four that I mentioned in the AFC, and San Francisco and, and Philadelphia. Yeah, look, I, I'm on the same page as you, and I just think the Jets finding a way to host the playoff game I don't know how they do it, but as long as they can, if they can find a way to do that, they make their road a lot easier. It means you don't have to go to Kansas City until, you know, <laughs> conference title weekend, which we know they, the Kansas City Invitational basically is what it's become. There's a couple of names out there. I don't, for for what it's worth, disclaimer, I don't think they end up with Dalvin Cook or DeAndre Hopkins. I just think Hopkins, it seems like, is more money-driven right now than, than title-driven, quote-unquote, and Dalvin Cook feels like he's going to be a Dolphin. I think the Jets stuff is a little bit of smoke to raise the price. That said, if you had to choose one or the other that would fit better with the Jets right now, could help them maybe one more notch above, would Hopkins or Cook be a better addition, theoretically speaking, the money worth? I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you. I, I don't think it's I, – I don't think either one. Um, I would answer it with Hopkins. I still think DeAndre Hopkins is a really good wide receiver. I think that he's probably more of a number two Look, he played well in Arizona last year. Obviously, derailed things with the suspension for performance-enhancing drugs. But, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is still a, a big-time wide receiver with great hands and a great body control and great height. So, you know, I'm a Dalvin Cook fan. I like Dalvin Cook. He'd be the second-best running back on the Jets. I mean, if I was Dalvin Cook, I, would, I wouldn't sign with the Jets because Paul's going to be the guy. Um, if they convince him to do it, you know, for a year as insurance, all coming off the injury, look, I wouldn't say no to it, but you know, if I, if I'm Dalvin cook, I think Miami or Denver, and I'm a big Devontae Williams fan, but he's coming off that injury. I think those spots for Dalvin cook make more sense than the Jets. So to answer your question, I don't think it'll be either one. If you're making me answer, I'll say DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I'm on the same page. I think receiver is just a little bit more valuable. That said, the Jets do need that running back room to kind of ease Brees Hall back. You don't want to have that, you know, comes back for three weeks. You overwork him early in the year. He's not himself. Saquon Barkley kind of felt like that happened to him the year after the ACL with the Giants. And then he didn't really look the same until, you know, until last year where he obviously looked like Saquon Barkley, which um you know, again, it's fine for the Jets. That said, um, you know, don't don't overwork Brees Hall early in the year. A couple of quick things here. The left tackle, right tackle situation. I just, I just have a hard time believing Dwayne Brown came back for $13 million, or $12, $11 million a year at 38 off a torn rotator cuff to not start at left tackle. Um, you know, Bob Glauber was on last week and he said, look, I think it's a great job by the Jets to motivate Mackay. That said... Really hard time believing he's going to be the starting left tackle. As much as he's talented, he has not played a single game in front of fans for the Jets at home. Um, just wow, for perspective. I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. You're right, Will. That's a great point. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> Listen, bad. I think that'll play itself out. Um, I, I would tend to agree with with Bob in terms of his, his analysis on that. I also happen to like Brown. I, I think that he's you know, they paid him what they paid him. I, I think that he's good insurance. You know, obviously you want Becton to to go out there and kick ass and take names and be that guy. And, you know, I'm raising my hand. I, I, I liked that draft pick a lot when they made it. I, I thought it was pretty obvious, pretty easy. And, you know, obviously it's not worked out. I, I do think, and it ties in with the offensive line, I want to go back to something you said, which I thought was brilliant about, you don't want to overwork Hall at running back. You're going to throw you brought in Aaron Rodgers. It's it's going to be the Nathaniel Hackett version of, of the West Coast offense. 
you know, you can ease Paul in getting him 15 touches, carries a game early, and you're going to have Aaron throwing 35 plus times a game. I mean, week one, I mean, how cool is that going to be with Buffalo and, and the Jets? And it's going to be a high scoring shootout. And, you know, Josh Allen versus Aaron Rodgers. I talked to Aaron about that. So, you know, I, I think the answer in terms of how to preserve Hall, especially early, Aaron Rodgers, how you win these games. And, you know, you talk about what you want the record to be when the bye week rolls around. It's Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I think the answers to all these questions, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. I mean, look at the offensive line in, in Green Bay when he was winning the the MVPs. I mean, I I understand the the nuance. I understand the concern. I understand even the same old Jets mentality and the paranoia. And by the way, you're right when you look at, you know, potential areas of deficiency. But I just, I think Jets fans are going to be so pleasantly stunned about the deodorant effect. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to cover up what has stunk previously for the Jets. And that includes Becton, and that includes questions on the offensive line. And, you know, I if you don't believe me, ask ask someone who observed the Packers for all those years. I mean, that that's who Rodgers is, and that's what he does. Yeah, look, yes, I texted with a couple of the players last night. They're like, it's just different. It's a everything feels different. Yeah. The ball comes out different. You know, these are guys that are playing on the offensive side of the ball, and they're like, it's awesome. Like I can't wait for camp. It's just I, I'm not saying that wasn't the same way a year ago because I don't want to. I beat up Zach Wilson enough, but it's different. It is different. It's just the natural reality that these guys are like. We're well, playing with a first ballot. I, I mean, I think he's the second best you know quarterback to ever touch a football. I think Mahomes is going to creep yeah. in there pretty quickly here. <laughs> um, I want to ask you two quick questions that are non-Jets related before we let you get out of here real quick. I have this weird suspicion, and I talked to somebody that that feels like they, the Yankees are judge is going to be out for like literally six to eight weeks here. <laughs> are we, are we really nervous about that? A and B were you happy yesterday when Messi said no to all the Saudi money, the way the PGA didn't. Cause I thought your clip you posted yesterday on, on the PGA was as spot on as it gets of just the hypocriticalness of what's going on in golf. Yeah. A couple of things. Um, Jay Monahan is a complete and utter fraud. And and I made sure not to rip any golfer who took the live money. I mean, for a variety of reasons. I don't tell other people what to do in terms of their morals and their bank accounts. And, you know, Floyd Mayweather had the line years ago. Kevin Clark had it in the ringer the other day. Um, my kids can't eat legacy. And you, you can choose to operate. You know, I've taken jobs for more money, less money, same money. I mean... Everyone makes their own decisions and we can dive deep into how anyone's company obtains money, what they do, what they stand for, who they donate to, whatever it is. But for Monaghan to use 9-11 as a talking point of why you shouldn't go to live and then a year later, literally, the golf world is going to be funded by Saudi Arabia. I mean, that was disgusting, disgraceful, queasy. I appreciate you referencing that. I, I got a lot of a lot of good feedback on that. That's uh, that really, really made me sick. And I felt bad for the for the golfers, frankly, who listened to him and stayed loyal and didn't take the money because, you know, they at the end of the day, Monahan sold them out and sold himself out. And, you know, those golfers, you know, Morikawa and 
Rom, they didn't get to obtain the financial windfall of of going to live. So the whole thing is messed up. I do think eventually it'll be great for the consumer because now you have all the great golfers playing again together at the same events, and that's how it should be. But Monahan botched this in the first place. You know, never took live seriously, and that's how we're here right now. In terms of the Yankees, you know, I think injuries always scare me when it comes to Judge, even on the heels of last year, even with the contract. I mean, just the way he plays, you know, with that that style, which you love. You know, I, I don't know, Will. I, I'm, I'm not a doctor. Occasionally I play one on television. I do know the Yankees are wonderfully conservative, and I mean that as a compliment when it comes to the injured list and giving guys days off and precautionary measures. So, look, when I saw him run through the Dodger Stadium wall, I said, shoot, this is, you know, great catch. It's like that scene from Major League. Nice catch. Don't ever bleep and do it again. Um, I was nervous. I figured, all right, he's going to be out 46 weeks and he fractured something. Um, I don't know, but I'm always concerned. And there's such a correlation between Judge being available and the Yankees' success. So, you know, as a diehard Yankee fan and with the way the team was playing and going into L.A. and taking two out of three, you just cross your fingers when it comes to Aaron Judge. Yeah, Bryson DeChambeau, that interview was disgusting. Don't ever bring up 9-11 as we should get over it ever again. And the Judge thing, uh, I think they're four games under 500, averaging three runs a game since he's not started the last two years. With him, 50 games over, averaging almost two runs a game more. The proof is in the pudding. Um, as always, obviously appreciate taking some time. Make sure you guys are tuned in Ross and Shine podcast. Daniel Jeremiah was on um, recently. If you haven't caught the Aaron Rodgers interview, it's fantastic stuff. Um, just from a, you get to see Rodgers kind of a little bit more laid back and McAfee style interview in, in a sense, I I would say where you get us some good stuff, some cool stuff on the Mets, New York, uh, New York, New Jersey. Don't want to offend anyone there. And then shine on sports on uh, Mad Dog and Sirius XM. I don't know if I missed anything. You could do a lot of really cool stuff. So, uh, <laughs> but I uh, appreciate you uh, obviously taking some time and uh, you know, we'll do it again soon. Well, anything for you, my friend, keep up the great work. Big fan. Thank you.